Hey ladies, welcome to the Yas and Amen podcast, where we talk about growing in our faith with biblical truths, real life testimonies, and meditating on God's word. Now I'm your host, Priscilla Dominguez. Let's get it. Hey y'all, so today we have an episode that I've just been really dying to come out with. Um, and recently we came out with Sela Meditation around this topic. I think this will help us go into it a little bit better and a little bit more. Uh, today we're talking about the beauty and the behind the scenes living. We're going to be chatting with Amy Gannett, who is a writer, Bible teacher, passionate about equipping women to study and teach the Bible. She is also the founder of Tiny Theologians, a line of discipleship tools for children. Amy and her husband, Austin, are church planners in Eastern North Carolina, and you can read more from her on her blog and follow her on Instagram, which I'll put the link in the show notes. And so today we'll be chatting about what it looks like to actually be content and grateful um, and really living out the behind the scenes life in a way that is good, right? In a way that we are not um, comparing in a way that we can really just live satisfied. And so this, like I said, goes a little bit more deeper into the recent meditation on contentment. If you haven't checked that out, go check that out. Um, but let's get into it. So today we have Amy. I'm so, so excited. Um, just introduced her. But y'all, if you don't know Amy, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. But um, Amy's great. She was part of our Compassionate Conversation series. And she's just someone that I'm really blessed to just witness as she um, does her ministry and does her work through Tiny Theologians to her you know, the church plant she has with her husband. Um, and more than anything, I invite her to chat today on this topic um, because she shows, she she talks a lot about this in the way that she shows it. She shows the everyday life, you know, she talks about how she's a theologian and she's a mom doing her everyday life that it's it gets to look this way more than perhaps the ways that we glamorize life. And, mm-hmm. you know, the beach is nice and all the other glamorous milestones are nice, but there's this beauty behind the scenes that Jesus meets us in. And so we're going to be mm-hmm. chatting about that today. Um, and so welcome, Amy. Glad you're here. Aww, thanks for having me. Hey, nobody's here to hate on the beach. We're <laughs> right? just saying very few of us live there. Right. Right. Like we're just here to say, welcome to my pile of laundry, my half eaten peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's okay. It. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Like right now we're recording this on Zoom. If I change my camera, you would see my pile of laundry, right? It's clean. Oh my goodness. But yes. you know, it's just, it's not going to fold itself, but I don't know. It might be there for a few more days, right? That's but- okay. That's it. That's the reality of life. Um, and I know specifically you on Tuesdays on social media, you know, you share about like the day, the day in your life and I'm always really blessed by it. And I, and I like your honesty in it. I love that you, every single time you mention why you do it, right. Cause there are just people who do everyday lives and, um, behind the scenes and they do like, Oh, watch me get ready or whatever kind of thing. But you share like, this is why I do this. I'm not trying to just show y'all my life every Tuesday for fun, right? Like there's a intentional thing behind it. And this is to me an encouragement and ministry. And Mm -hmm. I, and I see it that way. So what made you start doing it? And what do you hope people are getting um, out of Mm -hmm. being able to witness that from you? Yeah, I I know a lot of people on social media are like, here's what I eat in a day. And here's, you know, like how I hack um, folding my kids socks. You know, like I know people share that stuff and it can serve people well. um, But I was getting so many questions about how to do discipleship. You know, and I don't get to answer all of my DMs. That's a reality for me. It's one of the limitations I set on my life. If it was my full-time job, sure, I could answer them all, but I've got kids and 
I have a full-time job and, you know, those things, but I, when I could respond and I told people, you know, this is what it looks like for us. I felt like they were like, yeah, but like, how do I do discipleship? And so I sort of felt like there's this disconnect between what I was doing in my home as discipleship in the ordinary and what people were expecting of themselves. People had this unrealistic, I think, unrealistic expectation of what it would look like to teach their kids about God, mm-hmm. to grow in Christ with their spouse, mm-hmm. to have a daily time in the word. You know, the expectations were sort of like going to the beach. It was this really shiny, beautiful version of each of these things, which gosh, when we get that, it's so wonderful and such a gift, but it's not our everyday usually. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of wanted to say, okay, everybody hold up. Let's look at this. Let's look at this in, in reality. You know, when we sit down to do discipleship, does my toddler sit down and say, yes, mama, I'm so ready to learn about Jesus. No, she does not. (laughs) She's like, excuse me, mama, can we read Cinderella instead? You know, like, can I put on my glass slippers? Like, this is where we live. This is real life. And so taking the opportunity to show some of these ordinary moments and show that that is the good of discipleship, to show that when we live our lives in these ordinary spaces and do it faithfully, God is actually working there. You know, God isn't working in the theoretical. Like that might sound you know, theologically twisted to say, but what I mean is God is not in these hypothetical scenarios that we arrange in our mind of like, we're all going to sit at the dinner table and my husband is going to lead family devotions. That might happen once and God's going to work in that. But if it just remains this concept in our brain, this unachievable ideal, God isn't working in that mental construct he wants to work in your life right now right at it right as it is that is where the spirit is meeting us is right here today when your toddler is asking for cinderella and there's a pile of laundry on the bed Mm -hmm. and there's a half-eaten peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the kitchen counter god wants to work there he's not like waiting for you to like have a fancier life you know where you have it more under control that's not the gospel Mm -hmm. so i wanted to sort of debunk it and say oh i think you guys actually have me wrong you think that like my life is really shiny and organized and Mm. my pantry has been made over by um, the home edit and it never gets messed up like that's not my life Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to show it I just wanted to say this is how we're doing it come along for the journey come along and join me in the ordinary because I actually think that's where we're going to see a lot of real fruit yeah, I think that's amazing. And I think it's also very empowering because I think we're we're empowered by reality. I think we don't always think that. We we're, we think we're empowered by beautiful, perfect picture things, but actually we we get to be more empowered by reality, right? So mm-hmm. when it comes to you, you know, years ago I I worked in churches before and I always just thought like before then that oh you know kids come to Sunday church um back in the day for me it was like you know Sunday school but kids church and that's where they learn about God and it's like no like they get to learn about God in their everyday life at home while All also the time. on Sundays yeah and seeing you be able to do that and communicate that also I think encourages mothers and women who want to be mothers um because I think 
Uh, and I mean, you you are you do have a theology degree, but even outside of that, we can you know do that with our kids at home. There's so many resources that exist. Like I, you know, bought your books. I bought like other, but like there's so many things that I don't even know when I was a kid they existed, right? Mm-hmm. In different languages. So I think being able to realize that like the thing perhaps you're waiting for your Sunday school teacher to do on Sunday, or like you think that that person you know another state in another circumstance can do, like you actually can do it yourself too maybe just in your own way right in your own Mm -hmm. own situation um if you don't have a dining table maybe go to your local library right during time and bring a snack um and maybe sneak a snack you probably can't eat the library but you know (laughs) like figuring out I think sometimes we say well I don't have that or I don't have access to that or I can't do that or I don't know that when God is saying I'll give it to you. There are resources around you. You just have to like see it. You have to see that in the ordinary, there are things accessible to Mm -hmm. you. Um, And I think that also affects how people struggle with contentment, right? Because they'll say, Mm -hmm. well, they have more or they have this or they have. And and this is also based on what what people allow you to see, right? Because obviously Mm -hmm. we only see what people allow us to see. But why do you feel people, especially in, um, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I say my, our generation, I just mean like our, the people that are living in this time because you know, mm-hmm. they're different. Right now, say yeah. 20 to 45 year olds living in this time, like I feel are really struggling with contentment across the board that they are not perhaps seeing beauty in their everyday life. They want their whole home to be beige. They want certain things that, you know, <laughs> that like look like everyone has, but probably most people don't have or it's filtered so what do you why do you feel that people struggle so much with contentment specifically Christians um in this time and how can we combat that like how can we respond what can we actually do to not feel this way um I I say this as somebody who uses the app every day but sometimes we got to get off the app Mm -hmm. sometimes we got to get off so um I'll tell you why I feel that way um, I don't think social media is a vice, but I don't think it's a virtue either. Mm. So I think when we think that social media connects me with other people, well, maybe it used to do that, but is it doing that anymore? You just have to do a little audit and mm. see, am I really connecting with my real friends? Is it really keeping me up with family members? Like, is that really what I'm on here for? Yeah. I think our brains are changing because of the way we are using social media. And because of how much we consume the quote, successful people's lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And we eat it like cotton candy and we gobble it up in huge quantities. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes my phone notifies me that I've been on for an average of like four and a half hours a day on my phone, like Mm -hmm. of screen time. And I'm like, I guarantee some days more than two hours of that was Instagram. So we're gobbling it up in these huge quantities. It totally dissolves in our mouth like cotton candy and makes us sick to our stomachs. Mm. It doesn't have any substance. So I think social media can be a tool. I don't think we should throw out the baby with the bathwater, but I do think when it comes to fostering contentment, if we are at the point where we're saying, I am struggling, I want, I'm coveting, I want things that are not mine and I'm mad at the Lord and I'm mad at my spouse. And I'm mad at my kids that we can't have these things. Like uh, I'm mad my husband doesn't make more. And I always tell him he needs to be more aggressive in asking for raises. And I'm mad at my kids because they keep me from work. We could have two full incomes and we don't. And 
I'm just frustrated and I'm mad, then I would say this is a good time to step back. You can control. It's a faucet. You have the power to turn that drip of contentment or discontentment off in your life. So use that. I think we have to use, we have to exercise our own wills and say, I am in charge of how I am influenced. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a major reason. Um, I also think that in our generation, we have been, because we've been influenced, we have this idea that not, we don't just have to have the right things, but we need to be the right people. Mm. And we're constantly chiseling away at ourselves, sometimes physically, like physically, we think um, filters make us want to get Botox and plastic surgery and Mm. expensive makeup, um, buy expensive clothes. But they also tell us that our children need to be a certain kind of person. And so then we want to buy all these things for our children. And we, we don't know how to make them the thing that Instagram is selling us. And so I think social media is a big part, both because of the filters um, on people's lives and the filters on people's faces. Mm -hmm. Um, We really need to take a step back sometimes from the app. I I really, really believe that more and more. Um, We're becoming a different generation because we have social media. And, um, I think a lot of times we need to look at the lives that God has put in front of us and say, there was a time when what I have right now was something I only dreamed of. Mm. There is a time, you know, when I'm bathing my two girls at the end of the day, that is, that is the hairiest hour of the day, last hour till bedtime. I'm at wit's end. They're at wit's end, Mm -hmm. you know? All, all of the things of the day pile up is when I'm seeing the pile of laundry, I'm seeing the dishes to be done. I'm seeing that, you know, my toddler's tired and so she's more prone to breakdowns. It's easy to look at that and be like, I'm just getting on my phone while y'all bathe because this, all these families are peaceful. Mm. These children are smiling in these pictures mm-hmm. and that is a shift towards discontentment. Wow. But if I would look at those children and say, there was a day in which I did not have a husband and I so desired to walk through life with somebody. There was a day when we were married and I was told I would not conceive. Mm -hmm. And I have two beautiful girls in front of me. There was a day when this life of working with my husband, you know, we both work from home. We're both co-church planters here in Greenville. There was a day when my husband went to work and I missed him. I was like, we went to seminary. We met there together. We have the same passions. Gosh, if they could just align for our nine to five, we'd see each other so much more. We're doing that. Mm. If I could look at my life through a lens of gratitude, I think that is the key. Gratitude turns our perspective from, gosh, I wish something was different Mm -hmm. to what I have is a gift. And I think that that can really, really change and challenge us Mm -hmm. so what do you what do you think I'm sure that this is you're watching people online you're seeing Mm -hmm. these trends in our generation Mm -hmm. what's your take on it yeah I'm I'm in the same thing I actually um I've tried to develop a rhythm um every night uh when I turn the lights off in our home um I go by the window by our living room and I look outside and I pray like I take a Mm -hmm. moment to like pray for a block in our city and then I also like lord this apartment is not just a dream it's also a miracle because to live in new york is really hard <laughs> to get yeah. an apartment in new york is really hard um to live in a in a neighborhood that we feel that our son is safe 
can be really hard to find. And, you know, there, and I think back on the years, actually where we live is where we've kind of lived for the past like 10 years, all different like neighbor um, houses and apartments. And so I could see also where we've lived from where we live now. And so it's this remembrance, like mm-hmm. I, it, I like to call it like the art of remembrance, like it's this remembrance, you know, literally the whole book of Deuteronomy is like, remember, remember, re- like there is a power in remembering. And that's what you're talking about, right? Like remembering that this used to be a prayer request, what you're living in yeah. now used to be a prayer request. And there are things that you're probably still praying that you still have, you know, we're praying 10 years ago that still have not come to pass, but so many things that we are living now is an answered prayer is a praise report. Um, Mm -hmm. and that gets to show, and that gets to show us, um, something beyond anything else that we can compare it to, to other people that we actually asked for this. (laughs) We asked for this before Mm -hmm. we can even see what other people had. We asked for this. Um, so I try to do that to keep, keep kind of like a rhythm of satisfaction, really of satisfaction. Um, and being grateful for what God has given. Um, and then I always think of the idea of like, if we all lived in bubbles and islands and no one knew of anything else that no anyone would be experiencing, then we would be satisfied because we would have no idea that there is more or there is less or there is different. We would just mm. have what we had. And so kind of like sometimes thinking about that and considering that in our minds um, because social media is... It, you know, it's very helpful. I, I call it like, a, a, it's helpful, but also can be a little dangerous. And we have yep. to be discerning on how we use it. And I agree, like fasting from it, stepping away from it. Some people do like whole weekends or one day of the week, or they do a few fast a year or whatever that looks like. But if you can't remember the last time you took a break from social media, that's, that, that's there's your sign. <laughs> that's your, yeah, I think you're right. I got to the point postpartum with my youngest, most recently, you know, we, I was up during the night. So during nighttime feedings, I was on Instagram or on Pinterest. Pinterest is another one. Mm. Seems safe because it's not people, but it still can really provoke my covetousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me see all the, you know, grimy places of my house, all the things that need to be beautified mm-hmm. or redone or DIY or whatever. So I was on my apps a lot. And I got to one day, I was getting, I was starting to get up and get in the word again. And I just sat there, you know, my baby was sleeping. I had fed her and put her back down and it was maybe 630 or something like that in the morning. And um, I was sitting there and I just felt really numb. Like I, I felt really like, okay, here I am. Like I'm ready to have a quiet time again. And I didn't know what to pray. And I was like, maybe I'm tired. Maybe it's postpartum fog, foggy brain. And all of that is reasonable. Like all of those are good questions to ask. But I realized I had trained myself that when I was up and just sitting, that I was totally tuning out. Mm. And then prayer feels like so much work. Mm. And, you know, these apps are are training us in something. They're training us in a posture of receiving and in a posture of consuming and of being influenced. Like we, be, we become, um, you know, like puppies on our backs, getting our belly rubbed. Like we are in a vulnerable position. And so we have to remind ourselves, oh wait, as Christians, we actually stand up. Like we actually stand up and we're, we are on the defense a lot of times and we're resting in the arms of God and all of these postures that we should have, but we're not, we're not to be just, you know, bowing down to whatever social media app is presenting to us, you know? Um, But I think, I think one of the things I learned in that season is that 
I needed the craving I had. I came to articulate it this way. I want to feel the edges of my life again. I mm-hmm. felt so numb and I just wanted to feel the edges of my life again. That's what I wrote in my Bible. And you know how that comes? It comes through gratitude and it comes through being present with the people God has given you Mm -hmm. through our small group community, Mm -hmm. through our church, being present in person at worship for us, Um, being present with my kids slowly, but surely I came out of that mental numbness that I had kind of trained myself in a little bit. And I felt my life again. And in feeling it, I felt like man, these kids are a gift. They're not keeping me from a better life. They are the better life that once mm-hmm. I only imagined the Lord would give me. So yeah. I think, I think the app, I don't want to make it totally a vice, but I do think so much of our struggle with contentment comes from saying, well, their life looks cooler or better or more fun than ours. They've got cooler people around them. <laughs> and I just think we just, we, we, it doesn't foster any gratitude towards the Lord. Right, to think right, yeah. I think too. Yeah. I, um, I remember. So when I had Moses, he's a year and four months now. And when I had him, I like felt this like contempt. It was so weird. I was just like, wow, I'm just nothing else matters. Like <laughs> Just like, I just, I'm just here. it was so strange. And I know not every mother feels that postpartum, but I was just, it just, I was like, I used to travel every month. I used to do so. And I was just like, I'm good. I'm good if I don't do any of that. And that was so weird in my head. We, it was like a battle. I was like, girl, no, like that's that's not what you're used to. And, you know, what I started doing, I, I, there's there's so much in developing like rhythms in our life, right? Just like um, to be and like, you know, from Bible study, kind of like the things that you do to just really like be able to actually beyond just like writing a, you know, a grateful list. I think I, I tried that for years before and it didn't, didn't necessarily work for me. I was like, mm-hmm, I'm grateful after writing the list. Yeah, yeah. And then, mm-hmm, keep it moving. Right. Um, another thing I do is, okay, if I scroll on social media, I'm staring at my phone. I also want to commit to in the day, staring at the things that I'm grateful for. Like I mm. so sometimes I just like stare at like my son <laughs> he's probably mm-hmm. like girl what you doing but i just stare at myself i'll just stare like <laughs> he's my too young he has son. no idea right, right. no clue it's great keep it up Maybe when he gets older he's gonna be like um <laughs> but like i'll stare at like my husband and my son interacting or like if my mom's over or if we're out or like yesterday we went to a broadway show i just like just like staring at like your life right like yes maybe you want to post about it and be like oh my god this is happening it's awesome but like stare at your life right live in it yeah Yeah. you know it's just there's a power in that there's a power in that and and Mm -hmm. god's gonna perhaps show you something that you don't even um notice in it so and and with that scripture calls us to to be content right scripture calls us and invites us to be satisfied this is not just a very nice idea that christians like invented right like it's god's Mm -hmm. idea for us to be content to us for us to find the beauty and see the beauty um in our everyday lives and the behind the scenes of life and so i know you had a scripture um or two that you wanted to share um on this i think it's first thessalonians um 4 11 um yeah i think you have it here where it says be content to live Mm -hmm. a quiet life to work with your hands what do you feel like Mm -hmm. what does that scripture mean to you well I think so I really like the NIV translation of this verse it says make it your ambition Mm -hmm. to lead a quiet life Mm -hmm. isn't that so antithetical right in our culture if you desire to live a quiet life 
you are not ambitious. Mm -hmm. That's like the opposite, right? Make it your ambition Mm. to lead a quiet life. And when we think back on earlier cultures, um, and even in majority world cultures today, if you can live a quiet life, caring for your family, that is a life of leisure. You're not you're not working in a factory with thousands of other workers, mm-hmm. which that could be, if you're doing that, you can still achieve what this verse is saying. You can still live a quiet life. But the picture that's painted here is working, minding your own business, working with your hands, mm-hmm. living a life that is centered likely around the home and around the family and around your community of faith. Yeah. It's this, what it's painting for us, this is my point. What it's painting for us is a position of privilege. It's saying, if you can do these things, if you can live a quiet life, actually, that is the gift. Wow. Make it your ambition to live this quiet life, you know? And I think we need to rewire our brains for what ambition is instead of like, I'm living this quiet life. I wish I was more ambitious. Actually, scripture Mm -hmm. is saying this life of contentment and actually the quiet, this is, this is really important. Actually, I want to, um, I'm going to do something really quick because I don't want to get it wrong. I'm going to pull up a verse really quick, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to pull it up in the Greek. Um, this this verse, I'm going to pull it up in the Greek um, because I want to, let's look really quickly at this word for quiet. Um, okay, so quiet, it, this verb in the Greek is, um, oh, I'm not going to, hesukazo. That's how you say it. But it's actually not, um, this is not two words. In English, we read it to live and mm-hmm. quiet. And quiet describes the living. It's two words. Mm-hmm. Um, but here it is actually one word in the Greek. It's this, it's to be still or to be silent. Make it your ambition to be still. That is how our lives should be described. And mm-hmm. elsewhere in the New Testament, this is translated a Sabbath rest to, and it says like in, in the book of Luke, it says, and on the Sabbath, they rested. Well, hey, kutsa, hey, sukadzo, I'm going to get that wrong. Hey, sukadzo is the word that's being used there. Mm-hmm. So it's this posture of having, you know, the reason in the old Testament, the people of God rested was because they knew that God had given them enough in six Ooh. days. He'd given them enough time. Mm-hmm. He'd given them enough food. Just like the manna that came from heaven in the desert, he had given them enough in six days. So they rested and they did it in likeness of God. God Mm -hmm. rested on the seventh day of creation because he was celebrating and enjoying and savoring the goodness of creation that he had just, he had just produced, that he had just made. And so this verse is telling us, make it your ambition to rest. Mm-hmm. To live a life marked by Sabbath, to live a life marked by saying, God has given me enough yeah. so I can live this quiet life. I We're not proving anything to God. Mm-hmm. God is not looking down on us disappointed. Like, I wish you had more influence. Right. I really wish you had a bigger platform. Mm-hmm. I really wish your um, bookshelves were built in. Like, I really wish that you had that DIY hack. None of these things are bad things, but God is not disappointed when we don't have them. And so we can actually adopt his posture and say, I am not disappointed either. I am resting in the fact that God has given me everything that I need. Amen. Amen. I love that you use the word privilege 
because often um, I've had conversations with friends that literally rest is privilege. There are people working two jobs. There are people in college and working. There are people with 10 kids and they don't can't get a moment, right? Like it's realizing and, and you know, hopefully God can provide opportunities and rest for those folks. But there, there are those of us who actually have access to a Sabbath. Like we can actually have yes. a full day off. There are those of us who have forms of rest that we can experience throughout our day, throughout our week, right? There are those of us who can go on vacation, whatever that looks like for you when it comes to rest and Sabbath and living a quiet life. Like it is literally privilege and privilege means we have something someone else doesn't. So if we have it, we should use it. <laughs> if we have it, it should be used onto the glory of God. Um, And so I think sometimes privilege is used as a bad word. We're like, well, like I didn't choose mm-hmm. this for sure. I mean, no one's, you know, but whether you chose it or not, that's what makes it a gift. It's a gift. Exactly. Yeah, so that's what makes it a gift. It and use it well. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, and, yeah. and a stewardship, a gift and exactly. a stewardship. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being able to use it. Yeah. Use it well. Right. Think about literal gifts that you have been given. Um, If they are good and useful for you, you're going to use it well. And so being able to use um this idea of having of really embracing the behind the scenes of life and mm-hmm. um and the quietness that it can bring um yeah even if you don't live in a quiet place like me right <laughs> like that's it, right like, that's totally it's right. not about noise it's about being able to embrace and truly receive the the life mm-hmm. that god has given you and i think just like the workaholism mm-hmm. mentality of culture is contagious Mm-hmm. contentment in the behind the scenes things of life is also contagious. Yes. So I think, think about what Sabbath was for the people of God in the Old Testament. Um, Sabbath was not just a command for them to individually rest, but they were to, n- nobody was to work. They weren't supposed to work. Like the, if they owned the home and like the crops were under their name, they were like, you know, the namesake of this piece of property. They weren't supposed to work, mm-hmm. nor their manservants, nor their maidservants, mm-hmm. nor their ox, mm-hmm. nor their donkey. Like it goes down this list of none of the, none of you are supposed to work. Yeah. But I and I think that that's appropriate. It wasn't that the boss is supposed to take a day off mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everybody else is going to continue plowing through yeah. and being productive. No, the boss is going to take a day off and everybody's going to take a day off. Mm-hmm. Um, and because everybody's taking a day off, it's contagious, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's no point for a donkey to be out there working if there's no servant to be working right. with him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's contagious. Um, in our culture, we actually often have the opposite approach to rest. We're like, well, when, when we when we don't think about it in biblical terms, when we think about it just as um, leisure, we think, well, what I, I don't want to do my work. So I'm going to, on the weekends, I'm going to send my laundry out. I'm going to order from restaurants that take out, you know, all of these things. But me getting takeout actually requires that person to work. Right. <laughs> me getting my laundry sent out requires that person to work. So we, and I'm not saying any of takeout isn't bad. Sending your laundry out is not bad. Mm-hmm. But I think when we adopt a posture of contentment mm-hmm. and say, Lord, you're at work in this laundry and in this unfinished to-do list yeah. and in the reheated tomato soup from a can that I'm having for dinner. Mm-hmm. When we foster contentment, we actually foster rest yeah. for others as well, for our kids and for our families and for our neighbors and for our community. Mm-hmm. What a cool thing it would be 
to, for somebody to be able to take a day off because you fostered contentment in an ongoing way. And so it enabled them to have rest also. I mean, what a cool mm-hmm. thing that would be. And if we could spread it as a norm, <laughs> right? If yes. only it felt like a norm. Um, And so yes. I think as we're talking and for those who are listening, especially the body of Christ, we, we get to... S- we don't always set the standard in the world to many things, but mm. there are some things that we can set the standard, especially because we we praise a God who did this well, right? And who who guides us in doing wow. it well. So the world don't know how to rest. Let's show it how to rest. And by us doing mm. it well, right? Like the world doesn't know the the culture of work- workaholism and striving, that's all being infiltrated within Christianity, but does not come from Christianity, right? And so we get to go above that and make rest and making a quiet life and making um, the contentment and satisfaction of the behind the scenes life more of a norm than what is a norm, right? So this is really, this is an episode to encourage folks, but also this mm-hmm. is a call to action, right? Like we all have a responsibility mm-hmm. in this, that it's not just like, well, I want to try to do this better. It's not just for your sake. It's that this would actually be healthy and beneficial for everyone around you and for the yeah. world, right? Um, we're already weary. The world is already wild. Like we, it's a lot, it's a lot, a lot all the time. And so being able to embrace this reality and this truth could bless just so many people, including mm-hmm. ourselves. So thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciate um, you just being able to, yeah, show, show yourself on social media, but just going deeper into this conversation um, and teaching us on what this looks like biblically, but also how this look like practically, right? In our everyday mm-hmm. life, you know, both you and I are, we live in different scenarios, settings, and like it can still exist, exist in mm-hmm. both spaces, right? That we live in. Um, this is not specific to someone in the in a farm in North Dakota with like one kid like right like it really can be applied across the board to many different lives and we can we get to embrace the privilege of living this out um Mm -hmm. so thank you thank you let folks know where they can find you where they can follow you all the things you can follow along with day of the life on Tuesdays yeah. Um, at Amy Kate Gannett on Instagram and you can follow my stuff for kids at tiny theologians. And then you can, um, see the shop stuff that I'm doing, the Bible resources that I'm making at amygannon.com. Yes. All of that will be in the show notes. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Y'all, I pray that conversation blessed you and that you're able to apply something you either learned or heard to your continued growth on your faith journey. I invite you to study more on the scriptures we talked about on this episode and don't let any conviction you experience go without prayer and action. Share any thoughts or testimonies you may have by leaving us a rate or review and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Meet us next time for another episode. And if you don't already, follow us on Instagram, following at PD or at we.r.fool to learn more about our growing community and get connected with us.